Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Helen Noble and I'm a lecturer in health services research at Queen's University Belfast in the School of Nursing and Midwifery. I'd like to welcome you to this EBN podcast and today I'm talking with Dr. Kim Cox from the University of New Mexico and we'll be discussing her recent commentary submitted to EBN on vaginal birth at home after a woman's had a previous cesarean. Good afternoon, Dr. Cox. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I was wondering if you'd just start maybe by telling us a little bit about yourself and about your interest in this area. Okay, well, I'm a certified nurse midwife here in the United States, and I'm also an associate professor of nursing and midwifery at the University of New Mexico in the United States, not in Mexico, just to be clear. Um, Really, my interest in VBAC evolved during my earlier years of practice, um, which would be back in the early 90s when VBAC kind of reached its peak um, in the United States. It, it reached its peak probably in 1996, and I was you know, very active in practice at the time and, and really became interested in the outcomes I was seeing and and the change in thinking about that VBAC, um, at that point in time, VBAC was conceived as being just the same as a normal birth. Well, as you know, that's changed. Um, the thinking went from once a cesarean, only a cesarean, to VBAC should be treated like normal birth, to VBAC is a disaster waiting to happen. So um, as a midwife, I was really interested in helping to promote this and my practice was very successful in promoting it. So as the the change came and VBAC became a you know a safety concern and a liability concern, and the rates of VBAC dropped, I was interested in you know how how could we get back to something reasonable. So that's really what what spurred my interest. Okay. And so what does this paper tell us about the final birth after cesarean? Okay, well, this paper actually used um, data from the birth, birthplace in England prospective cohort study, and really they were looking at outcomes and transfer rates. Um, kind of the main points are that women were more successful in the home setting. You know, we're looking at planned home births versus births in an obstetric unit, and women without a previous vaginal birth were, I believe, 12 to 13 percent more success, uh, had higher success rates of 12 to 13 percent, but very high transfer rates, particularly for those that hadn't had a previous vaginal birth. And, and that is concerning in terms of decision-making because, as we know, um, really the most concerning aspect of vaginal birth after cesarean is uterine rupture. And that's the poor outcome that we're we're trying to prevent. And also in you know, in the event that this <clears throat> that uterine rupture occurs, that the woman and the neonate are in an environment where the baby can be quickly resuscitated and the woman can receive blood transfusion or whatever is needed. So the home setting is is concerning in that regard. Um, women tend to feel more relaxed in the home environment, but yet, you know, it, in the event of a catastrophic outcome, um, it's it's very hard to salvage mother or baby. So that's really the big concern. 
So this paper was trying to look at the outcomes in England um, for women who had planned a birth at home. Okay, that's, that's very interesting. Like you've talked about some of the conclusions, really. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the actual research and what they did? Okay, well, it was a prospective uh, cohort study, and they looked at, at um, secondary data, data that had already been collected um, from women who had planned a home birth who had a history of cesarean delivery. And they looked at both women who, you know, had not had a previous vaginal birth and women that, that did. And the way they described those variables was either a, a para one or a two plus was how they described it in the paper. Well, I think there's two major take-home points in this paper. Mm -hmm. The first is, is success rates for women without a previous vaginal birth were positive. Um, and the other side of the coin is transfer rates. Now, there is some outcome data um, on uterine rupture in this paper, but of course, you know, the planned home birth sample was only 209 women, which is very small. And when you have a small sample like that, it's underpowered to really do accurate prediction of rates of uterine rupture and um, looking at adverse neonatal outcomes like neonatal death. So we really can't draw a lot of conclusions for the severe outcomes, but what we can learn from this paper is that um, number one, the, the success rates with women who hadn't had a previous vaginal birth, and number two, the high rate of transfer for that particular group of women. Um, it was upwards of 50%, which I think is really important in terms of counseling. We have, a, we have um, an issue in that often in a hospital setting, there's more anxiety, um, fear for, you know, for women who have had a previous cesarean with their first birth, um, you know, a, a, a fear of failure, anxiety about what happened with the first birth that can negatively impact their ability to give birth a second time. And, and I, you know, just believe empirically that the home setting does create a situation where women are more relaxed, where they get personal attention from the midwife, um, you know, which probably explains the, the higher success rate. Um, I think in the long run of things, though, you know, because of the risk of these rare outcomes like uterine rupture or neonatal death, we have a situation where the home is, is remote from an operating room. Pretty much, you know, unless you live a block away from the hospital, you're not going to be able to transfer the woman, you know, judiciously in the event of a uterine rupture. Now, in this paper, most of the transfers were um, non-emergency, mostly for failure to progress. So that says to me that midwives were being very judicious and transferring before the potential of prolonged and protracted labor, which elevates the risk of uterine rupture. So, you know, in terms of, of counseling women about this, um, maybe the Maybe the best alternative is to think about 
alongside midwifery units where physiologic birth is supported, promoted, and where there really is no op other option so that women can really labor physiologically but yet be in close proximity to the hospital. I think that's really the only way we're going to get around the situation of you know, increasing opportunity for more women to be successful delivering vaginally, but yet maintain safety. Okay. So um, thinking then about further research in this area, what do you think would be priority research now? Well, I think, you know, based on, on several articles that I've participated in, as well as the Birthplace in England study, um, I had two, I've had two papers published with uh, researchers from the MANA data set, which who would be Merritt Boberg and Melissa Cheney, um, and my colleague Lawrence Lehman. But, um, you know, we've mainly looked at outcome data. One unique thing about uh, the article that we did publish in birth, looking at planned home VBACs in the U.S., was that, you know, there, there wasn't consistency. Here in the U.S., it's quite different from England in terms of having an integrated system. So... It, in places where the system is integrated, success rates are better and outcome rates are better. So what we, I, I think where, where, where we're lacking, we, we know it's more risky to plan a home VBAC in terms of, particularly in terms of neonatal outcomes than it is to deliver in the hospital. However, in the hospital, there's higher rates of maternal morbidity um, not necessarily mortality, but maternal morbidity. But I think one thing we haven't looked at is looking at either, you know, really pure models of physiologic birth in hospital settings or in alongside midwifery units where we're not looking at a transfer of 30 minutes, say, because if a uterine rupture does occur or... Um, fetal distress does occur because of a window forming or something in terms of the transfer. And so no matter how careful you are, I mean, it's a race in time to get to the OR. So I'm really wondering if we could truly do midwifery-led physiologic birth, you know, in a hospital-based birth center or an alongside midwifery unit where the OR could be accessed in 10 minutes, say, um, you know, what would the outcomes look like there? Because I think women need an alternative. The the cesarean rates are ridiculously high. In the U.S., they're still in the, you know, upwards of 30% and higher um, in many places. And so we have a third of our cohort of, of uh, birthing women having the history of a previous cesarean. So we really have to address some way that we can safely help women to be successful. Um, there was an article that just came out in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology with, with some of the same authors that I've published with before. Um, Tilden is the main author on that one. But um, that was looking at birth certificate data on, on maternal and neonatal outcomes with, with home VBACs. But, you know, we keep looking at these outcomes and we see that more babies die in this circumstance. 
but I think we have to find a way to accommodate women who who don't just want to go into the hospital where they're going to be pressured into a cesarean very quickly, um, even if they're promised a VBAC, or the situation in the U.S. is such that many hospitals either you know won't do VBACs, they have VBAC bans, and so it's not even an option for women. So they're choosing to do it at home with a midwife, you know, not in an integrated system. So I think, you know, particularly um, in the U.S., we really look at the research in the U.K. and in Germany because, you know, that that gives us some guidance on, on things that do work, having an integrated system, um, ways of, I mean, we don't really have anything that exists in the U.S. As, in terms of being, in, say, like in a long side midwifery unit. I mean, we have some freestanding birth centers that are super close to hospitals, but not necessarily, you know, as an integrated part of that with the intention of providing a place for women you know, in really close proximity to the hospital where they can actually experience physiologic birth that aren't just set up like many hospitals. Okay, okay. If listeners were to take away one thing from this podcast, what would you suggest? Well, let's see. <laughs> well, I think I think two things. That, that we really need to find a way to better accommodate and encourage physiologic birth, and particularly in women without a previous vaginal birth that have had a cesarean section. Um, we need to provide them with a safe environment where they can, you know, attempt physiologic birth with midwifery-led support. However, that ends up working out. You know, I think alongside midwifery units might be the answer to that. Um, I would be really interested to see if anyone's looking at that specifically in the UK in terms of outcomes um, for vaginal birth after cesarean. There's one more point that I think is important. We do know that women who have had a previous vaginal birth have much lower rates of uterine rupture and better neonatal outcomes than women who are attempting a VBAC with no previous vaginal birth. So that's a very important thing to keep in mind, both in counseling and in planning, that you know these are two very different types of situations. Okay, thank you, Dr. Cox. That was really interesting. And if you'd like to find out any more, please do log on to ebn.bmj.com. And thank you very much for listening.